Well, welcome, Christian Challenge. Uh, good to see you guys again this week, although I'm not really getting to see you as much as I would like. Uh, this week, we have a real privilege. We get to hear from uh, Bob Anderson, and uh, Bob is in Manhattan, Kansas. Bob was at K-State University for, how long were you there, Bob? How many years were you there? Uh, I worked there for over 41. 41 years. years. But uh, K-State has like the largest Christian Challenge ministry in the United States, well, for that matter, in the world, but it's uh, it's very large. When Bob was the one that uh, headed that up, and uh, has been a dear friend for a number of years, and one of the things we wanted to do tonight was to look at the subject of community. So, Bob, why do you think community is one of those things that's so important in our spiritual lives? Well, it's a great question. I I actually was talking with Neil briefly before we started recording here, and he told me he had Harold Bullock on. Harold's a hard act to follow, so I'll, I'll do my best not, not to mess up this recording, Neil, but uh, we're, you know, why is, why is community so important? Let me, let me uh, suggest something to you. I'm 72 now, and I've been serious about community since I was in college, actually, since I was a sophomore in college at the University of Oklahoma, and that was in 1966. So for well well north of 50 years, I've been a part of deep, rich community. And uh, a lot of it necessarily hasn't been in a church setting, although a lot has. But right now, I have friends literally um, all over the world that uh, I'm incredibly close to. And uh, Neil would be an example of that. We're not together uh, much, we're not in each other's loop, but we can have community at, at a moment's notice, rich and deep and uh, filled with encouragement and grace to each other. And uh, that's true with uh, a number of friends that eat really, I. Uh, started in college, and my suggestion to you, in fact, my uh, strong suggestion is, is if you don't develop uh, deep, rich, lasting community over your lifetime, the chances are good that you will not have much of a spiritual dynamic for your life when you get older because God created us for community. The God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit are obviously great examples. Jesus walked on the earth with community. Paul had community. At one point, he tried to, he's dragging people along with him as he went from church to church. He built churches, which was a community, and uh, he calls us to be in community. And so um, that's how God created us, uh, to live in community with each other. I was telling Neil before we started recording that uh, at 72 years old, and you all may not face that as much um, as a younger person, but the, all this quarantine business, and you know, I've been quarantined, I have my my mask here and um you know i've been doing that but uh and we've been streaming our our church 
uh, and so on. It's a live stream on Sunday morning at 1030. And it's good. I mean, the people that are speaking prepare. Uh, they have some worship songs. But you know what I really miss is touching the lives of people, my friends. And yes, I need the sermon. Yes, I need the teaching. Yes, I need to grow in wisdom that, that the Word of God offers me. But what I really miss is the community, the touching of lives. And I hope you do too. I know you're separate from your friends and, and the staff, and a lot of you are very isolated. I have three children. Uh, one lives in New York City, and, and Deanne is in total shutdown. She hasn't hadn't been out of her little small apartment for three weeks. And uh, she said uh, she has food to last another week, and then she's going to have to somehow get to the store. But, um, you know, we continue to uh, have FaceTime with her, and she really misses people. We have another child that lives in Florida, another child that lives in Baton Rouge, and so all three of those spots are incredible hotspots, and they uh, need community, and we're trying to make it work as a, as a family. We, have, we had a virtual birthday party the other day where everyone was on Zoom, and, and we celebrated a birthday party. You know, was it ideal? Obviously not but we need to keep touching each other's lives. If you're at the point, uh, some of you are living at home, some, some may still be in an apartment, that uh, you are kind of drawing back from community, I would be really concerned about you because God created this for community. Now, some of you are not in the best situations right now. Some of you may be uh, back home, and your home may or may not really be a positive influence for you for whatever reason. Uh, some of you may be alone in an apartment, and, but regardless, you've got to figure out how to make community work because that's how God created it. Let's listen to a couple verses I wanted to share with you, and I, I don't really uh, plan on sharing a bunch of verses, but listen to what Paul says in Philippians 1, chapter 3 and, and following. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you. Are you thanking God for, for those that God has drawn around your life? Always in every prayer of mine, you're making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel. And it is right for me to feel this way about you because I hold you in my heart. That's Philippians 1, verse 7. That is such a great verse, and that's how Paul related. And uh, so we, we got to have community. You know, it's all through the Bible. Everyone had people around them, except maybe a few of the, the prophets in the Old Testament. But God created this for community. And uh, if you're without community, you need to really get serious about how to, to draw it back into your life. Uh, 
Neil, is that? Yeah, that's a good word, Bob. I have a question. Like, in the situations where we are now, where people are a little more isolated uh, right now, and um, well, not a little bit more, a lot more isolated, what are some ways that they can really contribute to the community where they are, and also to contribute to community like you were talking about a minute ago in, in their larger spheres? Yeah, well, I think uh, the people around you, you know, uh, we uh, actually, one of our neighbors across the street, she's a, uh, has a PhD in anthropology. She teaches anatomy at the university. And she went by and, and put a little uh, box of cookies on everyone's um, front porch. She just uh, she sent out an email that was going to be there. There was no face-to-face -face time. And Sandy wrote her back a note, and then she volunteered to do something for us. So she's picking up our food order at the grocery store on Saturday evening. And so we've been praying for a way to enter into her life. As far as we know, she's not a believer. And uh, all of a sudden, you know, if you let someone serve you, that could be the entree to open a door for the gospel. Sometimes we think about uh, sharing the gospel, praying for a way to serve people. And certainly that's, uh, we've been serving a, an older person that's in his nineties um, next door. And that's one way to do it, but to let people serve you. And it's okay uh, to do that. Um, Locally, we have Zoom for our small church, as I, I mentioned. Um, I actually had lunch with someone the other day, and we stayed 10 feet apart. He came over to my garage, and uh, he's a physician, so he's, he plays it by the numbers, trust me. <laughs> and uh, we sit on separate ends of the garage and hung out for an hour. And, uh, you know, we're working around it. We're trying to make it do. We, we text all the time. We, uh, do email. Um, and I, uh, we do zoom. Um, I, uh, it, we just make it work. Is it ideal? No, it's not. But, but here's the thing, your community, and I mentioned this a while ago, does not have to be adversely affected by geography. It just doesn't. You need to settle that. You know, Paul had a relationship with the Ephesian elders, and if you read in Acts, uh, they wept together when Paul had to leave them for the last time because they had kept up some level of connectedness, even though Paul wasn't even there for a long period of time. And it can happen with you. You can go through these times, whether it lasts four weeks or six weeks or 12 weeks or a half a year or longer, and have deeper and richer relationships than you have right now. Uh, one reason for that is that when you're talking with someone on FaceTime or Zoom, you're really engaged with them. Uh, there's not a lot of just uh, chit-chat floating around. Uh, you're purposely talking and listening, and that's how God would like us to be in every relationship. 
wanting to listen well and wanting to speak well. There's a there's an openness about your life. And some we were talking about this in our small group the other day. It's like we we almost feel safer in each other's presence uh, because we're not in the same room. And in this group, uh, it's a new group. We haven't been meeting for more than about two and a half months. So we're still trying to get to know each other well. And we feel safer with each other uh, on Zoom than we, than we do. And so we've been really opening up about our lives. Uh, we, uh, uh, this, this may blow you away a little bit, but you know, I mentioned the other, uh, the other day that one thing discussion Sandy and I have had is about death because the facts are, you know, if I got sick or if Sandy got sick, we would get the sick person to the hospital and that may be the last time we we ever saw each other if if for some reason we died and you know and so we were talking to the group about that which is a pretty heavy duty discussion uh those are kind of some of the things you talk about when you when you're in your 70s and you've been married to the same person for 50 years and um so i i feel just as close to people, uh, do I miss them? Yes. Does my heart have an ache in it because I'm not with them? Yes. But I don't think the depth of my community has, has suffered with them adversely because we're doing this, um, you know, living on, on, on a screen in cell phone. Sure. Well, that's, that's good. Bob, what are, um, what are some, you know, as you think about it, can you think of like other benefits that you see that people gain from community things that, uh, stand out to you? Well, um, you know, one thing that may come up with, with the students, uh, that every, every time I go somewhere and talk to college students, doesn't matter whether it is, uh, I usually get around to talking about the confession of our, our sins with each other. You know, God calls us to live with each other in a climate of surrender and confession. And uh, I think this is could be, and I don't, I can't get into all, each of your lives, but, but knowing people like I do, uh, it could be, this would be a whole new category of living for you. If you've gone home to a situation where maybe you left not on the best of times, maybe your parents are not walking with God, but if you will be a humble, open serving, willing to confess and humble yourselves, you will live out the life of Christ in ways that they've probably never seen lived it out. And uh, that's an incredible, that's a part of community. I don't, you know, and some of you have never ever seen someone confess their sins to another person. I remember, uh, years ago when I was about 21 years old, 
my sister was about 17 and, and I'd been to college and God had begun to work in my heart. I knew that I had not treated my sister like God wanted me to. And I remember sitting down in a Mexican restaurant and saying, Susan, um, as I begin to walk with God, I've realized uh, that I didn't treat you like I know God wanted me to growing up. And I wondered if you'd forgive me. And uh, that confession on my part totally changed our relationship. And 50 years later, we're incredibly close. But it really began by my willingness to open my life to her and my heart and tell her that uh, I needed to ask her forgiveness. And so uh, I hope that the culture of wherever you are, uh, whether it's with a couple of roommates you're sequestered with or at home, uh, some of your ideal situations are not ideal at all. I know that. And just like the students around here, but I hope that, you know, as God looks at your heart, and I'm sure Harold talked about this last week, that you'll have that humble, serving, confessing heart. That's really the culture that God wants our heart to be in. What was your question, Neil? Yeah, it's a benefit, benefits, additional benefits. Well, and I think that the, the, the idea of, of, of having a life of concession, what that ends up doing, it gives us spiritual power. And, you know, we all want to live with spiritual power. We want the Holy Spirit to be full in our lives, living through our lives. But, a, but the journey for that is through confession and having a humble heart. Um, and so if you want to live in power with God and with people, the, the avenue through that is through humble confession, humble worship of the Lord. And yes, you want to learn more. Like right now, I'm, I'm reading through the New Testament uh, I'm making a note of every place in the New Testament where it speaks of the presence of God. And I'm also reading, reading Psalms to do that. So I have a couple things going, projects going that are stirring my heart um, in, in, in a deeper uh, walk with God in his word. But I'm also with Sandy, you know, I, we more than once in the last month had to ask each other to forgiveness. We get short with each other. Uh, usually it's my problem, not hers, but uh, <laughs> we, uh, you know, we say, look, honey, I, sorry, I snapped at you. I'm sorry. Those words were uh, short and cruel. Would you forgive me? And, and so I think one of the benefits of community is that you're able to zero in on some thumbs, things that you probably never would have if you're running the rat race of classes and, and going back and forth on campus. Some of you have jobs. You just don't have the time to slow enough, enough slow, slow down enough to practice that, to practice being alone with God, to slow down your heart. We were t I was talking to my uh, small group the other night that I, I tend to be a contemplative by nature, but
but it is hard for me if I have an hour with absolutely no noise at all. The lawnmower's not going outside. The TV's not on. I don't have music going on to sit quietly. And as Psalms 23 says, he, he leads me beside quiet waters. That Neil, that's harder than, than people think. Yeah. I mean, I can go, you know, turn on a podcast and I can, you know, hear messages and, and text people, but to slow down my life, to really listen to God through his word is, it's hard. And I've been trying to do this for 50 years and it's still hard for me, but it's so good for me uh, to listen to God and his word in my heart. So that's one of the advantages that I think we may never get again like this. You know, life eventually is going to rebound. You're going to be back in, in LA, back at campus, you know, back with your job, back with relationships. And you may never, ever have the time to slow down enough to learn to listen to God. And that's a whole, uh, that's a, that's a whole category of walking with God that, uh, is incredibly great. So I hope you take advantage of it. That's a good word, Bob. Hey, Bob, I know a lot of times when people are, um, like they're going through hard times or, you know, something's going on in their life that, you know, it's not going the way they wanted to. The tendency is not to lean into community. The tendency is to kind of pull back from community. You know, you just like, well, I, I you know, I'm not going to show up right now or I'm not going to do this because I just don't want to do that. Can you speak to that about why do you think that is and, and what do you think are some of the best ways to, uh, to avoid that? Well, a lot of people are doing that, uh, pulling, pulling back from community, you know, tragically, they're probably pulling back from God too. Uh, they're, they're beginning to uh, live a life of watching TV and movies and maybe reading books, uh, maybe worse than that. Uh, and there's that pulling away. I, I, you know, I was, Neil shared these questions with, with me earlier and I really thought about this one because it, it's a, it's a great question. You know, the pulling away. I think one reason people pull away is they just are not convinced that God has their, their very best at heart that somewhere down deep, they, they know that, uh, God is around and God is running the universe, the cosmos, but they're just not convinced that God deeply loves them and will deeply be there for them and is deeply faithful to them. There's a lot of reasons to doubt that, you know, your lives have been disrupted. I was on a zoom with four couples from Gainesville, Florida, a couple nights ago that are going to be married in May. And, uh, we were talking about, uh, you know, the wedding has, they're going to get married, but their wedding plans have all been disrupted. Um, Sandy and I faced that when I got married, we took off after our wedding to Fort Gordon, Georgia, and I joined the military or I entered into the military 
And, uh, you know, things happen to disrupt our lives. And, and the, the temptation to, to, to drift away, to kind of have a, uh, a leakage of community is incredibly, is incredibly big temptation. And I think that happens, number one, because our community with God, we don't trust him. And number two, frankly, this sounds kind of in your grill, you just are not committed to the people that are around your lives. And it's just not worth it to you to make the call, to make the text, to stop, slow down, and reach out to people, and to write down that prayer list of, of the top 10 or 20 people in your life and make it a part of your every day to hold them up to the Lord. They just are not that meaningful to you, and you need to come to grips with that. Who are people to you, and who do you want them to be, and who do you want to be them to be to you? And uh, those are decisions you've, you've got to settle way, way, way down deep in your heart. I think those are a couple reasons why we, uh, why we back away. There may be one other one is that um, we, may be, we may fear being exposed. Uh, some of you are coming face-to-face -face with the depth of temptation in your life because you're outside some of your uh, accountability parameters, and some of you may be struggling on the internet or, or just doing things that are, that are wrong for you to do. If you back away from community, then you aren't going to be as exposed as readily. And how tragic that would be if, you're, you're, if you make bad decisions, your life literally goes down the tube spiritually because um, you just didn't want to draw close to friends and community. And, and that, that would be a tragic mistake on your part. Those are a few things, Neil. That's really good. You know, that's, um, you know, Bob, I know in, um, in John 17, when, uh, Jesus is praying and, and, um, one of the things that's kind of, I think some people have called it kind of the final apologetic, uh, for Christians is that the way we relate to one another, um, really shows people, you know, who God is and what he's like. And it really shows, uh, uh, the, uh, the reality of him and the way that he can knit hearts together and yeah. help people really love one another. Um, any final thoughts you would have for folks about community things that you would want them to, uh, think about her? Well, I had a, I had a couple verses, uh, in my hip pocket. I thought if we had the time, I'd share these. It's, I'd love for you to. The verses are found in Romans 15, uh, five and six. And they go, uh, something like this. Um, may the God of steadfastness and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Paul wrote that to the Romans. He wasn't anywhere near them. And uh, 
those people weren't necessarily all directly together in one little dinky cluster. And, and he said, may the God of steadfastness and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another. Can you live in harmony with one another if a person is, if one of your friends is in Sacramento or Fresno or in a different state? Yes, you can. Because you pray for them, because you stay in touch with them. Can you, uh, with one accord, glorify the God and Father of your Lord Jesus Christ? Yes, you can. And it, the fact is that you can return to uh, USC, to LA, whether it's uh, in uh, uh, September, October, or August, or whenever it would be, and you can be in one accord and and the Lord Jesus can be glorified through your community, but you're going to have to make some choices. You're going to have to pray for it and stay caught up with each other. Be honest with each other about where you are. If you have to confess sin to a friend, do it. God hears your confession, but God calls us to be honest with each other. And then with one voice, you will glorify God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It can happen. It will happen if you believe God for it and take the, the time and the energy to do it. Oh, that's, that's a good word. Bob, thanks so much for taking the time with us today. And thanks for, uh, thanks for your life. Thanks for your friendship, buddy. Thanks for, uh, thanks for everything you had to share with the students today. Great, uh, great opportunity, Neil, and God bless you. And I love your group and I'll, I'll spend some time praying for your students and staff.